0: Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for the Bay Area News Group, and I publish the website www.theweeklydriver.com. My colleague is Bruce Aldrich and my close friend, and today we have a special guest, and she's on the road, which is uh, uh, apropos to what she does. was perfect for what she does. Um, her name is Libby Elderman, and she's written a book called Loving My Car, Women in the Driver's Seat. So, Libby, welcome to our podcast, and um, kind of fill us in where you are today.
1: Well, thank you so much. I'm on, it says, Route 186, and I just was, got off 95, and I'm on my way to, I want to do the uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel to Chicoteque Island.
0: Oh, fantastic. Could you introduce us to your book and um, why you've written this book in general terms and a little bit about your background?
1: I've always loved photography, and I've all and I've been in fashion business forever, it feels like. So the reason why I started the book was that I have a husband and I have three kids, two of them are boys, and they're always talking about cars. You know, wheels and engines, and you know how fast can they go, and you know they're talking about Ferraris and so on. And one day when I was in the supermarket, I saw that on the cover of the National Choir, um, it talked about a woman who loved her car so much that she her family buried her with a car. Oh and my I gosh, that's huge, love. I know, so funny. I had this aha moment. I was like, wow, how interesting. I wonder if there's other women out there that love their cars so much. And that's sort of how I started. You know, I, I, I've been always a hobbyist in photography and i have a journalistic background because I study journalism so anytime I do a photography a story it's a story you know it's got to have a you know it's got to have a storyline to it it's got to keep me interested for a while and so I just jumped into it and I like to say I hope this is not bad to say I became a car whore I, anytime, <laughs> I love I, it I, I, <laughs> Anytime I met a woman, whether I knew her or I was at a party, I'd say, Hi, do you have an interesting car? Do you love your car? Do you know somebody who loves their car? And that's how I found all the women
2: in my book. That's that's interesting. I, I, oddly enough, we found, a, I guess what you call a car whore, a, a woman in, in town here in Sacramento that also, she was a designer, and she bought a yeah. 1986 Jeep Wagoneer with the uh, wood yeah. siding and... and her story was exactly what I'm thinking yours is going to be. She just, you know, it, it's, the car spoke her brand. It was like an extension yeah. of, of her brand, so she loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hmm. they, they do. And I have found that, um, you know, I was trying to think before this podcast, like, do, I mean, they definitely think of their cars a lot differently than men. They um, they sort of love their car more. It's much more emotional. Sometimes it's like another family member. Sometimes it's a best friend. Um, it's, it's part of their
0: life. Libby, uh, I remember another book we discovered a number of years ago in a whole different way, also written by a woman, and it was about um, the women who are ambassadors at automobile shows that was called The Sirens, something about The Sirens, and dated back to the mm-hmm. 30s when uh, women in big hoop skirts and so forth first yep. were the, the models in front of uh, presenting the cars at, at big automotive shows, and that whole industry has changed, but it was also written by a woman who who represented some of these women in their modeling careers, so that was another automotive yeah. book um, written by a woman, but in a whole different area. Have you found that yeah. in the, in the women that you've introduced or to the public, I guess from your book are any of them race car drivers or are they people who also have families like yourself or in all different areas?
1: Uh, I mean, there is a, such a wide variety of women, but I did actually you know I started this project about 20 years ago. now I have not worked on it solid for 20 years, but in that 20 year um, period, I moved around, I moved, um, I was in Westchester County, then I moved to Florida, then I moved back to Connecticut, um, I um, I actually lived in uh, California for a while, so, you know, where whenever I lived in those areas, I would, you know, find women to photograph, but when I was in Florida, there was a racetrack, I think it's called Moroso Racetrack, and I did photograph a few women, uh, one person specifically in her race car there. Um, one woman who was a race car driver, but I photographed her in her personal car at home. And then the most fun was uh, this woman I photographed who drove Junker buses. She raced Junker
0: buses. Oh my you gosh! Know, you, do oh, figure,
1: you do the figure eight, and and you know the buses are beat up, and you know the whole goal is to cross that that middle without getting hit. And. um but what was so funny and interesting about her was that her real-life job was driving buses for special education kids.
0: Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Huh. So I she s-
1: learned how to drive slow and safely, and she learned how to drive fast and crazy.
2: <laughs> That's great. So I, you, mentioned in, you mentioned in a press release that about the, the purpose of the car for s- these women, and you list some purposes. What, could you explain that?
1: I'm just trying to think what I said that the um, purposes yeah. were.
2: Yeah, I mean, one was like to protect, be eye-catching, and add value to one's life.
1: Oh, so, um, as I said, they had so many reasons for buying their cars and loving their cars. Um, I think that it just added something that it added, like, some excitement to their life. It added you know, something that they didn't have or didn't realize that they didn't have in their life. You know, once they owned this car, I, I'm, I think I'm answering your question. I'm not sure. Yes. I, I? I,
2: I think, <laughs> I think that's a, I just never heard the term add value to one's life. And it, when you, when it's said, it just sounds yeah. perfect. Yes.
1: Well, I think, I think that they realized once they bought the car, how important the car was to them. And I think that's what that, um, what that means. Um, that it just became this this love of their life and something that they didn't realize that maybe they were missing. You know, it gave them an added something to do. You know, some of the women are retired, and it was and they didn't. You know, they didn't really know what they might want in their retirement, and then they discovered, wow, you know, this is adding extra fun for me. This is giving me more of a purpose. You know, I've left my job and now I'm at home. So I think that's, you know, really what a lot of women discovered with their cars.
0: Do you feel that way about your car, Libby? No,
1: I don't. (laughs) I don't feel that way about my car. I'm hoping that this car gets me
0: to where I want to go. But that's... um, i do love i do love cars but not as much as these women do i was going to say if i were your husband and you talked about the love of your life being your automobile if i wasn't secure i would feel a little insecure being <laughs> being one of those women's husbands <laughs> so
1: it, you, know, you know a lot of the women who do have a car that bought a car um some of them bought it because their husbands had a great car and they re- saw how much fun it was and they they sort of said, "You know what? I want that too. You know, I can. I I want to have something fun in my life too. So that's um. So they saw that in their husbands, and they did it. But for sure, I do not love my car more than my
2: husband. Thank you. <laughs> I assume some <laughs> some of these women's it's a it's a social avenue. I mean, you could go to to car shows. You could just you know yeah. different groups have uh, you know get togethers, and and so there's a social yeah. aspect to it to us. I suppose, right? Yeah,
1: some women, some women definitely, I found that they did bring their, um, like their husband surprised them with a car, and even like freshly painted, maybe even um, redone in some ways, totally surprised them. And then the woman started to show them in car shows. and But it actually became more of, I think, a husband and wife thing. I didn't really find a woman that really fell in love with that aspect of it. And it's interesting. I did go to a few car shows in the East Coast, and I didn't find a lot of women that were showing their cars.
0: That's interesting. We uh we on the West Coast here, Bruce and I and other friends have gone to Monterey Auto Week, and I remember a yeah. woman 5 or 6 years ago who had I think the third or fourth Toyota Corolla ever made, and she wow. you know, she was next to maybe a Bugatti or a Ferrari or something, and there she was with her little Toyota Corolla, and she was as proud of that car as anybody who had any other car, and uh, it was great great to meet her. Um, and also in more yeah. recent years, there's been a group of women who own Ferraris, and they're driving their Ferraris to different shows, and they're doing uh, a charity work and fundraising, but I think there's 30 women now who are in this... Um, like kind of like a touring Ferrari club, and they go around and they talk about their their uh, cars and they do tours, and uh, that's, that's another uh, women's area of cars uh, I know about. So I guess there is kind of a, a resurgence, if you will, of, of uh, this avenue of automobiles I hadn't really thought about before.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, it's interesting, you mentioned uh, Corolla, that um, I found that women love their cars I mean, I, I didn't go out wanting to photograph women who had fancy cars. Um, granted, I do have some fancy cars in my book because I was in Florida, and um, I think I found quite a few there and in, in, in the Northeast. But it was really, it, what was important was that they just really loved it. And my favorite woman in the book is, her name is uh, Jean MacArthur, and she had a 1981 Toyota Corolla. And it's yellow, and she named it Buttercup. Oh, my God! And, you know, when I... When I it fell in I, when I interviewed, her, I just fell in love with her because she said I've always had um, used Oldsmobiles, and I went to the usual. I needed a new one, and I went to the car place that I normally go to buy. And she said I looked over, and there was this little yellow Toyota talking to me. Come look at me! Come look at me! <laughs> and she went and bought it, and it was the first time she ever bought a new car in her life. And she just loved that car and she had everything in it that she needed to go to dances and she was older when I photographed her she was you know maybe in her 80s and she's no longer alive unfortunately but um, I just loved her.
0: That uh, reminds me of an old journalistic term that uh, an editor told me that sometimes stories write themselves um, and I don't mean that exactly literally but the, the the subject is so rich that it just comes out and it, it presents itself whether as a photojournalist or a uh, a word journalist, if you will, or in your case, both. I know you had to do some, some words as well. So what a great story to just unfold in front of you. And uh, it sounds like one of those that almost wrote itself and shot itself, so to speak.
1: It, it did, and um, I didn't direct any of the women. I didn't tell them how to dress. I didn't tell them what to do. We just sort of found a nice backdrop. Sometimes it was in their driveway. Sometimes we drove you know, down the street, or sometimes there was a place that had meaning to them. For, um, the, for them to be photographed with the car. But, I, you know, I sort of, once I found them, I, you know, I, I made sure that they really loved their car. And, um, and then I showed up on their doorstep and, and we, you know, spent some time photographing. And I didn't spend hours with them. I really spent just the right amount of time, you know, so they didn't get bored. It didn't, you know, I didn't need to take so many extra photographs. I mean, I took a lot, but I didn't need to, you know, I didn't need to photograph them for three hours or anything.
2: Would, would you say that most of these people, these women that you met, were they more humble about it or were they flashy and vibrant and, you know, they really wanted people to know their story or just the gamut?
1: I would think, I think more, more of them just wanted to tell their story, show off their car in a humble way. I think I only, yeah, even the ones in Palm Beach, like I have a pink Rolls Royce, the woman loves pink, she only wears pink, you know, and there's a couple other fancy cars that I photographed in Palm Beach. They were the least humble, but in a way they still were humble. They just, you know, they still just loved their car. Their husband gave them the car. In one case, the husband gave them their car, and they realized how much they loved it. and, um, And the other thing that I found was, you know, as they said, that it became part of their family and life, most of the cars are females. I mean, in the sense that they thought that their car was a female, they named their cars a female
0: name. That's interesting. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. One thing I did think about is, is you know, my background as a daily journalist, I, I write, a, a, mostly I write on a daily deadline, so when I speak with an author, I'm always very interested in, in their process and you have so much to, right. to uh, gather and so much to collect, and then you must have an editing process of, of what am I going to use, what am I not going to use, and it's a different mindset than, than I would have as a, as a daily journalist. So could you take us through a little bit of the, the thousands of images, if you had thousands, I'm sure you did, and how did you condense and, and decide which uh, images and text that you were going to use in the book? Well, um, when I first, I only
1: photographed, Film um, because I felt that's the way I could really. I don't know, my I loved working with film. And you never knew, I never knew what I got until I processed it. Of course, I sort of know when I'm photographing when I've got it. Mm-hmm. But so I would, once I would get the negatives back in the contact sheets, I would pick the ones that I thought were really good and I'd print them out and, um, you know, sort of live with them and just. Then I would find my next woman and I would do the same thing and I just kept developing and collecting and the interviews I, w- I did some of them. I taped some of them. Some of them are quite long And I just I did a really I did 20 years of collecting actually Wow, so I collected I put them in notebooks and often I would go back to it and And see if I missed a shot and I always I always found that my first go through my first pass of picking my favorite one, or my favorite three, um, remained the same. And um, so that was not difficult at all. What was more difficult was, first of all, I moved several times in those 20 years, so trying to find, keep it all contained and not lost, that was a challenge. And then once I decided that I was really going to finish this project. Um, and make it into a book. I had to really go back and look at every single interview I actually had to find every woman again and get their releases if I didn't have them and I re-interviewed them Wow, and what I did yeah, so then what I did was I didn't want it to be a long interview I really wanted it to be very concise um, Short and sweet and grab the reader. It was really more about the photograph and um, this condensed story so then, I just condensed it, and then um, I worked with my a designer who designed the book, and um, you know started we we picked one of every single woman, and it was um, that was the easy part. And then I decided that there were some of the one, shots I didn't like as much, so I needed to find some more women. So in the last year before I published it, I, I went around and found about 10 to
0: 15 more women that I could photograph. Wow. That's, a, that's, that's quite a, a process. No that's, wonder it took 20 years, huh? no, that's, yes, yeah, that's, that's a lot of dedication. <laughs> that's that's great, Libby. What have you... Um, uh, I know that the book is... Uh, people can pre-order it on Amazon, uh, I guess, um, as of April 12th. Um, what have you... Yeah, actually, yeah. Going right ahead. Yeah,
1: they actually moved it up. They okay. moved it up, so you can actually get it. You can actually physically get it on Amazon right now.
0: Fantastic. Great. I'm gl- glad I asked, and I'm glad you, you filled us in. We'll we'll yeah. make sure to provide a link on, on our different podcast outlets to Great. the book. Um, have you Great. had um, the women who you interviewed for the book, um, have they seen advanced copies? And if they have, um, what has been their reaction? The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today.
1: They have not seen advanced copies because I've been sort of waiting for this month to come, and I haven't actually done my own shout out yet of the book. Um, again, waiting for this week, and so um, I have not, I've only, no, I have, they haven't seen it yet, and but I, I'm sure in the next two weeks they will see it, and um, two women actually have reposted their own photograph on their um, Instagram, so they like it. I think, I don't know if they, um, they must have pre-ordered it and gotten it. And yes. then I'm actually blow, I'm blowing up their picture, their print, and I'm, I'm blowing up a beautiful big print for them to all have and send it to them. Fantastic, um, nice. Which they don't, they don't know that. I'm going to send that to them next week.
0: You're going to have not that yeah. they were already not your friends, but they're going to be. They're all going to be very good friends now. But they're going to be, get a nice surprise. I that's know. A, that's a very nice gesture. I know. Libby, I know. Libby, yeah, well, I,
1: yeah. go ahead. Yeah.
2: Do do any no, of? Go you... ahead. I'm waiting for you. Sure. Do you, does any of your uh, the people you talk to, do they uh, work on their cars, change the oil, pull the plugs, that type of thing?
1: Oh, yes, for sure. Some of them do. Um, absolutely, some of them do. And I'm just trying to think. I don't think I can point out which ones. There's a woman in the book that I photographed most recently. She has like six cars that she loves. And they're all different, you know, and they're all... They're not all American-made. There are a variety of them. And she had actually met her husband um, because she was selling one of her cars. And that's how she met her husband. And he owns, I think he owns a gas station or he owns something. But she totally knows how to change the oil, pull the plug, do all that stuff.
2: That's one of the ways I think at least guys that you kind of bond or or create trust with the car is by working on it and knowing how it works.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. I'm
1: not sure... I probably don't. They probably. I probably don't have that many women that do that. But I know there are some. Sure.
0: Uh, Libby, when when you when they you... all
1: make they they all make sure the cars are really beautiful. I have to say, they were <laughs> always like um, very shiny. They keep them beautifully. Lots of them cover them. You know, they're inside garages. You know, they they take really good care of them.
2: And most of these cars would be not everyday drivers. I'm assuming. They're more for special most of these times? yes,
1: yeah, special times. The weather usually has to be beautiful. It cannot be raining. Um, I would say would be the norm for most of these cars.
0: Yes. Um, I know Bruce. And, I, I... Bruce and I know each other for quite a while now, and I know his background with his first car, and he knows my background with my first car, as do many friends. When you were researching the book, did you revisit your childhood with your family and... and Things that happened with, in your family with, with uh, its cars?
1: Um, I, I mean, I remember the first cars. I mean, I remember when I drew, I learned how to drive stick shift. I loved that moment. I did yes. It, on some, wasn't, it wasn't my truck. I don't know whose truck it was, but it had three on the tree. Yes, and, fantastic. Um, yes. I, I just love, yes, yeah, so memories. I, I love that learning how to drive a stick shift so much that I remember in my dreams I was on a tricycle um, um, driving it manual. Now, that's weird, I know. But, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but that said, my favorite cars to drive, I love driving a manual car. I mean, I think most of my life I've had a stick shift car.
0: Yes. I just read, and, a, um, I just read a story um, either on Forbes or one of the business magazines that in 2019, there are still 40 cars you can buy with uh, stick shift, manual transmissions. Uh, and of course, you probably know it as well as I do that the percentage is now f- four or 5% of cars. Of have, all cars, yes. Of all cars have yeah. manual transmissions. And, and Bruce is a little bit younger than I am, but not by much, and that's how I was you know, taught on a stick shift, and you better learn how to do it now because that's what you were gonna right. drive. And um, it's all changed with you know, CVT transmissions and all that. But there is something, uh, to your point, there's something wonderful about shifting gears. There, it, if you like to drive, a, a you connection. like that part of it. It's, you're connected to the car.
1: Yeah, that's true. A hundred percent. You feel like you're driving. I, I like to feel like I'm driving. I love driving more than anything. So to me, that that's, adds a great new uh, component to it.
2: Can you can you give us any tips for photographing cars? <laughs>
1: I don't. You know, when I had them, I actually part of the process. I didn't tell you. I photographed them in any tons of position around the car, Um, and then um, no, I I don't have any other positions besides that. I don't. I didn't stick to one pose. I made them move around the car, inside the car, outside the car. If they had a sunroof, they had to peek out of the sunroof. You know, to me, it was all part of uh, loosening them up, and I realized. Um, you didn't have to show the whole car to show her the woman and her car, but you had to show enough of it.
0: Great, that's a, that's a okay. tip. That's a nice tip. Now, now,
1: and in, another tip is it's always better if you don't if you um, uh, shoot them uh, shoot a car not on a sunny day because then you don't have to deal with um, shadows and stuff like that.
0: Right, reflections and whatnot. Okay. Now, Thanks. Libby, I'm going to tease you a little bit, but I I mean it in a nice way. Is that this was a 20-year project, and, and you sound very passionate about what, what you've created, and I, I don't have a copy yet, but I'm, I can't wait to, to look at it and read it. Do you have another book project in you? Did that first project, if it was your first project, trigger your thoughts of doing something else? Um,
1: I have another project that has nothing to do with cars, and it certainly did not trigger this project. So, but I, I'm inspired to do more books.
0: <laughs> Great can you share what the other project is
1: sure so uh, believe it or not i'm photographing and you're going to think this is strange banyan trees
0: but nothing strange about that they're beautiful they're, they're go right ahead tree, yeah <laughs> tell us please
1: they're so be- they're so beautiful and i photographed them very close up and and it's just they're almost like uh bodies they're male and women bodies, all these trees. So, I'm photographing that. I'm, I've been photo- Again, I started that 20 years ago, too, but I stopped and did that with black and white film, and now I'm doing it digitally, and um, so that's, um, that's probably my next, I hope it's going to be my next book. But I think it'll be I'd a... I'd love to travel. Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: I think it'll be a great book. I, I, Under I, the Banyan Tree is a very famous saying, and everybody knows about that. That'll be great. So, your yeah, your yeah, book... So I'm it, I'm sorry. Um, your your book
2: would be great for any any woman who loves cars, for sure. Do you think the the guys would love it too?
1: Um, well, I think the guys should definitely look at it. Look at it. It's a different perspective, and I think they should buy it for their wives, mothers, there you go, okay. sisters, daughters. For a gift, because it's a great gift, and it's um, you know, in the twenty years, I kept looking to see has anybody done this project yet? You know, because I I kept saying I really want to do this book, but you know, maybe somebody's going to beat me to it, but then nobody did.
0: That's so. great. What what um, uh, you know, you have mentioned your husband is Sam, and your son is Jesse or Jess. Uh, yes. What if Jesse. 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 What is their reaction been, and, and are they? uh car enthusiasts do they they love automobiles and do they have favorite cars
1: um they do my my son jesse used to always love um audis i think that was maybe his first so he's a he loves audis and yes he loves going to car shows and looking at cars with my husband sam um sam does he have a favorite car um, he likes comfort so he likes a car that's really comfortable, but you know He's always admiring Ferraris and cars like that
2: <laughs> cars that aren't comfortable. Okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's, right. Okay.
1: that's right. Uh, right, you're right.
0: Well, uh, but you know
1: what else is interesting, you
0: know, what else is interesting, please I
1: realized um, Through um, my life of having kids and, and moving and as kids get older you you have to think of the a- the car that's right for you at the time so often you know like I remember when I met my husband he had a really nice BMW and then when we had kids we bought a Volvo and then we bought a Suburban when we had three kids and two dogs and it's so interesting how you know whatever's going on in your life and how it's growing it forces you to think differently about a car.
0: Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Different, great. For a different mission. Yep. I was going to say that sometimes even um, when uh, we've driven, I've driven cars that are by and large made for families, but they're so different these days and they're so efficient that you could have a family of one in a, in a van and you could have a, you know, a smaller family in a smaller sedan because it's big. So the, the cars are evolving so much that what was a car always for a family can now be a car for a different person I guess that's what I'm trying to say is they're sure. so versatile that um, that's another yeah. another part of the industry that's that's fascinating so
1: yeah you uh, right you're right
0: Libby you're um, right. what else what else have you discovered uh, can you say without using a name um, is there was it buttercup or was there another woman you shot in the book that, that was your favorite or who was your favorite well I
1: think that I mean, I talked about Jean, who was my favorite with Buttercup. Yes. Um, there was another woman, and I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry. That's all right. Um, but she, what I loved about her, and I only put one uh, one photograph in her, but I photographed her twice with her car because the first time I photographed her in Florida, she had bought a red car, and I can't remember if it was a Toyota or something like that. Maybe a dot. No, I don't know what it was. can't remember. But she wa- it needed to be painted, so she took out the house paint, extra house paint that she had, and painted her car yellow and white to match her house, which was yellow and white. Oh, my God. Oh, no. And then, and then, and so then five years later, she called me up and she said, I just repainted my car again. So I went to photograph her, and she was a graphic designer, and she was totally into this uh, cartoon called Tank Girl, which I don't, never heard of. But anyhow, the whole car she had painted in this graphic... Sort of story of this tank girl, and it was wild and crazy, and I dragged her to the local junkyard and photographed sort of her in that. Oh, fantastic. And so that was like such an experience, you know, and she doesn't have the car anymore. She did end up selling it, but, um, I, you know, I had these two great photos of this one car and her, and it was two different parts of her life, I
0: suppose. Another great story that, would, what I, as I said Wacky. earlier, would write itself almost, but... That what a, what a thank great you. great way to wrap it up. Um, Libby, thanks. You're, you're obviously that you had a lot of um, enthusiasm and passion in your book. I I can't. I'm sure Bruce feels the same way. I can't wait to see it. And we want to thank you for for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver podcast. You just have a a niche area that I think the book, for what it's worth, the book's going to be really successful. So uh, thank you, um, yeah. Libby Elderman. And uh, to remind everybody, her her book is called. Um, Loving My Car, Women in the Driver's Seat. And as she explained earlier, it's now available on Amazon. And um, thank you very much for your time this morning. And be safe on your drive.
1: Thank you so much. And I will. And spread the word for me. All
0: right. You bet. Take care. Thank you again. Bye-bye, Libby. Okay.
1: I'm on on the road. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com. Your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts, from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. AmericanTrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.